Today, we are continuing and closing out a series of messages called Recalculating, When Plans Change. Through this series of messages, we have been asking the question, what do we do when things don't go as planned? How do we get life back on track when things seem off course? You know, the reality is, if we're honest, almost all of us find ourselves in the exact same position right now. And that position is this. 2020 has not been the year that we planned. Now, I don't know what your plans were for this year or what your expectations were, but almost all of us have experienced a real upheaval in our plans. We've experienced some unmet expectations. And for many of us, it's not just in one area of our life, it's in our entire life, right? It's affected school, it's affected work, our our finances, it's affected our families and our friends and Almost every area of our life has been changed. What we do day to day, it looks different right now. And during seasons like this, we can we can feel uh, really disoriented. You know, in fact, I was telling somebody the other day, I feel like this year started out, we started out this year thinking it was a 5K. And so we took off running that 5K. And then partway through, somebody said, you know what? No, this thing's actually a marathon. And so we started running that. And then partway through that, somebody handed us a bike and said, just kidding, this thing's actually a triathlon. Right, 2020 seems to keep on throwing new things at us. I don't know about you, but I certainly feel, God, uh, what is going on? Right, what, what, what's happening? Right? I had some conversations over the past few weeks and people expressed some things that maybe you can relate to. One person told me, they said, I'm trying to keep up with how rapidly things are changing in this world and it feels so overwhelming right now. Another person told me, you know what, this, this whole thing feels like a movie. So much is changing so quickly. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. It's disorienting to me. Somebody else said, I've got a lot of questions about the future, and I don't have many answers. It's such an unsettling feeling. You see, in seasons like this, we can end up doubting ourselves. We can doubt the future. And the truth is, is we can find ourselves doubting God. We can find ourselves asking God, are you real? God, are, do you care about me? God, what is going on? If you're real, why is all this stuff happening? This doesn't make sense. Today, we're going to address the topic of what do we do with our doubt? If we're honest, all of us have doubts, and those doubts often show up in seasons like this, right? We have doubts about ourselves. We have doubts about our future. We have doubts about God. What do we do with these doubts? You know, I think there are a few reasons why we doubt. You know, I think one of the reasons that we doubt is that God doesn't do what we would do, right? We find ourselves in a situation and we expect God to do one thing and he doesn't do what we thought he would do. And so we end up having some doubts. Sometimes we've tried things that didn't work. Right. We, we tried something and we thought it was going to work and it doesn't work. And so we end up doubting God. Uh, what worked before doesn't work now. Right. Maybe you've experienced that this year. Sometimes we experience that even in our prayer life. We felt close to God doing one thing and then that doesn't seem to work anymore. Right. I used to I used to really feel God's presence and now I don't. Right. And doubt can creep in. Right? We don't like our circumstances, and God doesn't seem to care. Right? When we find ourselves in circumstances that we don't like, and it doesn't seem like God's doing anything about it, we can find ourselves asking 
God, are you real? God, if you're real, do you care? Right? We can end up with some real doubts. We can also end up with doubts when people around us are expressing doubts. And so many of us experience that right now as, as we're all walking through this, we can find our friends and our family and people that we interact with are expressing doubts right now. And that's real, right? I think if we're all honest, all of us have doubts. In this season and throughout life, it's a common part of the human existence. In fact, we find ourselves in good company when we experience doubt. As we look at scripture, scripture is not full of people who had rock solid faith all the time, but it's full of people who express and have doubts. They've got doubts about themselves. They have doubts about their future and they too have doubts about God. In the Old Testament, we read about people like, like Job, right? And if you're familiar with Job's story, Job had a terrible, uh, a terrible situation. He, life seemed to be going pretty good. And then all of a sudden it took an incredible tor- turn for the worst. And in that, we find Job expressing some real doubt. In fact, in chapter 14, verse 19 of the book named after him, the book of Job, we see Job expressing some of these doubts. He says, as the waters wear away the stones and the floods wash away the soil of the earth, you, O Lord, destroy the hope of man. Right? He's, he's telling God that he, is de- that he has destroyed his hope. He's feeling hopeless. Right? Job is expressing those emotions to God. He's saying, God, I feel hopeless. Maybe you today can relate to that feeling. You feel like your hope has been worn away by the circumstances of your life. You know, you're not alone in that. Job expressed those emotions to God. Job was feeling that. That was real. He was experiencing that in his life. We also see Jeremiah. Jeremiah was an incredible prophet in the Old Testament. And yet Jeremiah had some incredible doubts. Jeremiah expresses in in chapter 15, verse 18, of the book of Jeremiah, he says, why is pain perpetual and my wound incurable? uh, Why does it refuse to be healed? Will you altogether unto me be a liar? And will the waters, uh, as the waters fail? He's accusing God. He's saying, God, well, why, 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 why is my pain? Why will my pain not go away? Why does what I'm experiencing seem to be incurable? Why Why have you failed me? Another prophet in the Old Testament, Elijah, he experienced a a season of doubt too. The circumstances of his life caused him uh, to experience some real doubts. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, we read about that. It says, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day long, and he sat down Uh, under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, O Lord, take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died, right? Elijah is feeling discouraged about his life. Now, this was a guy who who knew God. This was a guy who spoke to people on God's behalf. This was a guy who had an intimate relationship with God. And yet during the season that he was in, Because of what he was experiencing, he was experiencing some real doubts about his life, about his future, and about God. 
And I, again, I just want to remind you today, if you find yourself in a situation like that, you are in good company. Today, we really want to zero in on, on one character in the New Testament who also experiences a similar season. And that's a guy by the name of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist plays an incredible uh, role in the story of Jesus. John the Baptist uh, is the guy who was prophesied in the Old Testament that he would prepare the way for the Messiah. He prepared the way for Jesus. And we first read about uh, John baptizing baptizing people out in the desert. And when Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized, uh, he, he says, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Messiah, right? He declares to everybody. He's one of the first people to express faith like that, that Jesus is the Messiah, right? And he tells people, you shouldn't be following me. In fact, he tells people at the baptism there, he says, he should increase and I need to decrease. He's one of the first people and one of the loudest voices to, to express faith and confidence in Jesus. And yet, and yet, even though that's true, the circumstances of life later in his life caused John to have some serious doubts. This had been his entire life's purpose was to prepare the way for the Messiah. And when he gets later in his life, we see him experiencing some real doubts. You see, his situation had changed. John, John the Baptist had been arrested and he found himself in prison. And so he calls some of his disciples and he sends his disciples. And we read about it. In Matthew 11, verses 2 and 3, it says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to Jesus, and he asks this question. He says, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep on looking for somebody else? You see, John the Baptist's entire life had been about preparing the way for the Messiah. He was one of the first people to declare that Jesus was the Messiah. He had such faith and such confidence, and yet now, because of the circumstances of his life, he's having some real doubts. All of us, right, all of us can experience some real doubts when we've been beat up, when we've been uh, hurt by life, when we've experienced life not going as planned. You see, John probably didn't experience that. What happened to John's faith? Well, first off, he's in prison, and he'd been in prison for a year. He's in a filthy dungeon. Right. And on top of that, Herod's wife, Herodias, um, had wants him dead. Right. And so here's John, this guy who had played this incredible role. Uh, the circumstances of his life now are not good. Right. He's in prison. It's he's been there for a long time and he's worried, rightfully so, uh, that he's probably going to that he's probably going to die. He's never going to see freedom again in this life. And he's scared. And this, these circumstances are not what he expected. They are not what he wants. And they call, they, these circumstances cause him to have some doubts, right? I also want to remind us that a prison perspective will always cause us to doubt our destiny, right? When we find ourselves in prison or we find ourselves imprisoned, when we find ourselves uh, feeling like we are held captive by our circumstances, it's always going to cause us always going to cause us to doubt our destiny. We shouldn't beat ourselves up when this happens. It's natural, right? It's natural for our circumstances to cause us to, to, to doubt. Uh, 
but I want to remind us that in Hebrews 11, 1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen, right? So, so often we find ourselves, uh, we're hoping for something different. We're hoping for something that we don't see right now. That That's faith, but that's also where doubt creeps in. And that's a totally natural thing. So John was in prison, right? But also a second thing took place. Where did John's faith go? A second thing that's taken place is that people are not responding to Jesus the way that John thought they might. Not everybody was receiving Jesus as the Messiah that he was. And as John heard about this, that surely caused some doubt in his life. You see, John assumed that if this indeed was the Messiah, that people would react to him differently than they were. But not everybody responded to him well. Not everybody loved the things that he was saying. Not everybody chose to follow him. Uh, and, that, and that confused John, right? Things were not going as he expected. Things were not going the way that he thought that they might. And the truth is for us as well, when things don't go as we expect, we often find ourselves filled with doubt. I think we can learn some things, though, from how John reacts in this moment when he's experiencing this season of doubt, when he's sitting there in prison wondering, God, where are you in this? Jesus, are you who I think you are? Are you really the Messiah? When he's experiencing these doubts, I think there's some things that we can learn from. The first thing that we can learn, I want to share a few things here with us. I want to share three things that we can do in our times of doubt. The first is we can be honest about our faith struggles. We can be honest about our struggles. You see, John was honest about the struggle that he was having in his faith, right? He didn't downplay it. He didn't pretend like it wasn't happening. He was honest, right? He called his disciples and he asked his disciples to go check with Jesus. He was being honest about the struggle in his faith. You know, we need to be honest with God and with our friends, with trusted friends, and tell people, tell God when we are struggling with our faith. You know, there's a a wonderful story in that's recorded in the book of Mark chapter nine, where a father comes to Jesus and his son is ill. And he is bringing the son to Jesus because he wants Jesus to make the boy well. And Jesus tells the man that all things are possible. And the man responds in a really wonderful and honest way. He says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus praised that man at that moment because that man was honest. He wanted to believe that all things were possible, and yet the circumstances that he found himself in caused that to make it difficult. It was difficult for him to believe that all things were possible. You know, you might be feeling a very similar situation right now. You want to believe that God is good. You want to believe that all things are possible. You want to believe that the best is yet to come. You want to believe those things, and yet the circumstances make that difficult. When we find ourselves in those situations, we need to follow that father's example. We need to follow John the Baptist's example. We need to be honest about our struggles. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.3 reminds us that Jesus is full of compassion and comfort towards us. Jesus is full of compassion and comfort towards us, right? I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, he says, what is the moral or in, what is moral or immoral about believing or not believing a set of statements? 
A sane man accepts or rejects any statement, not because of what he wants or does not want to do, but because of the evidence that seems good or bad. You know, so often when we're struggling with doubt, we can we we condemn ourselves. We make ourselves feel bad. We say, I shouldn't be feeling that way. I, I shouldn't be experiencing doubts. Real Christians don't experience doubts. Uh, and so we try and ignore them or try and put them away or we don't express those doubts. I want to encourage us that it is not morally wrong for us to experience doubts. Any honest person, every honest person experiences doubts. As we saw with Job and with Elijah and with John the Baptist, everybody experiences doubts. What we do with those doubts is incredibly important. And the first thing we have to do is we have to be honest about them, to be honest with ourselves, honest with God, honest with trusted friends about those doubts. Often we find it hard to be honest with ourselves and God and others with our doubts because we judge ourselves for having those doubts. So we have to remember as I was saying in, in 2 Corinthians 1-3 about Jesus' compassion towards people. He, he, he has love and compassion towards us even when we express those doubts, especially when we express those doubts. So number one, we have to be honest about our faith struggles. Secondly, secondly, as we learn from, from John the Baptist's example here, we, we need to move towards Jesus. You see, so often when we are experiencing doubts, we pull back, we disengage, we, uh, we, we stop reading our Bible. We stop praying as much. We, uh, we turn away from God. I love the example that John the Baptist uh, sets in this, in this story. When John is honest about it, he calls his disciples and he sends his disciples. He says, you need to go to Jesus and speak to Jesus for me. He couldn't leave that prison himself, but he moved closer to Jesus by sending his disciples to Jesus. You see, doubt so often can cause us to move further or to run away from Jesus. But doubt, if we handle it correctly, doubt should cause us to run towards Jesus. You see, the truth is, is we don't need more faith. We're not commanded to have more faith. What we need is we need more of Jesus. When we're experiencing doubt, right, our, our natural inclination is to pull back. You might be experiencing that in this season right now where you're finding yourselves you're finding yourself pulling back. Maybe you're not engaging with church like you used to. I know doing it in our living room and watching it on a screen instead of in person and not being able to meet together, it feels awkward. It feels different. And it can be easy for us to pull back during this season. But I want to encourage us that this isn't the time to pull back. This is a time to lean in, to move towards Jesus. You see, Jesus teaches us that we should rely on him and that we should feed on him as our daily bread. We should rely on him and we should constantly be in relationship with Jesus. You see, so often, though, Jesus is not our daily bread. In fact, my, my friend Dan White Jr., he says this. He says, when the daily news becomes our daily bread, fear becomes our portion. Right. For so many of us, myself included, we can 
find ourselves, especially in a season like we're in right now, and instead of Jesus being our daily bread, the, the news and the information around us can be the thing that we feed on, we consume on, and we can be gluttonous about consuming, and we find ourselves living in fear, we find ourselves living in doubt, we find ourselves disconnected and distant from God, we find ourselves running away from him instead of running to him. I want to encourage us that this is a time for us to lean in and to move closer to God. The wonderful thing is, as we read in Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation in Jesus. There's no condemnation. When we come to Jesus, we move towards Jesus. In fact, I want to encourage us today. Today, uh, we are, tomorrow morning, we're going to be kicking off a five-day Bible study on the topic of doubt. Tomorrow, on Monday, we are kicking off a five-day Bible study on the topic of doubt. Uh, In the video description, there is a link. You can join us on that journey. It's going to be a practical way that we're going to lean into Jesus during this time. If you're finding it hard to be close to Jesus right now, if you're finding it hard to allow him to be your daily bread during this season, I want to invite you on this journey. It's going to be through the through the Bible app on your phone. Uh, there's going to be a verse of scripture and we're going to do that together. Uh, we're going to, whoever signs up for that, we're going to walk on that journey uh, together. We'll be able to hold each other accountable and even share about some of the things that we read. I would love to invite you Uh, to be a part of that. Click the link in the description below uh, so that you can do that. So we need to be honest about, we need to be honest about our struggle. We need to move towards Jesus. And then the third thing that I want to encourage us to do is that we need to act on the faith that we do have. You see, so often when we find ourselves in doubt, we focus on the doubt and we forget about the things that we know to be true. We forget about the faith that we do have. We forget about the things that we know are solid, right? In James 2, uh, verses 26, it says, as a body without a spirit is dead, so or uh, so faith without deeds is dead, right? We need to move forward on the faith that we do have, right? John the Baptist was experiencing doubt, but he also was, he also was acting on the faith that he did have. Right When he sent his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the Messiah? He was expressing doubt, but he was also expressing faith in that moment. Instead of running from Jesus, he sent his disciples to Jesus. And in that moment, he, exp- he was expressing the faith that he did have. I want to encourage us today that although we may experience doubt, all, all of us do experience doubt in different seasons. And you certainly may be experiencing some doubts in the season that we find ourselves in, move forward on what you do know to be true. Move forward on what you do have faith in. See, Jesus' response is so telling. He tells John's messengers to inform John of the miracles that have been performed. And then he praises John the Baptist. He says, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one who is greater than John the Baptist. Jesus' response to to John's disciples is a wonderful example of what we read to be true about Jesus in Matthew 11, 20. It says this about Jesus. It says, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. You know, the reality is, is that as you take stock of your faith right now, as you take stock of your faith today, you may feel like your faith is a smoldering wick. 
when you blow out that candle and there's not really a whole lot left but some smoke or a bruised reed, right? A, a reed that has, that has been broken and needs to be nursed back to health. Maybe that's the state of your faith right now. I wanna encourage you that Jesus does not condemn us when we find ourselves in that state. Jesus doesn't, doesn't, doesn't snuff out our flame and anger when we're smoldering. Jesus doesn't toss aside the bruised reed for something new. No, Jesus mends the bruised, bruised reed. He nurses the dying wick back to flame. That's Jesus' desire for you. If you're experiencing doubt today, if you're experiencing doubt in the season that you find yourself in right now, I want to encourage you that as always, God is for you. Jesus has not turned his back on you during this season. Jesus is right there with you as you turn towards him. So I'd love to encourage you today that today is a wonderful day for us to for us to do those three things, for us to for us to be honest. For us to be honest about our doubts. God, I, I'm experiencing some doubts. I, I, I'm unsure about my life. I'm unsure about my future. God, I'm unsure about you. With that, for us to move towards Jesus. Jesus welcomes us when we come to him, just as he welcomed John's disciples when they came to him to ask that question. Jesus invites us to come to him. He says, are you born, burned out on religion? Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you beaten down? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us to come to him when we're feeling like that, and he nurses us back to health. He's that great physician who binds us up and heals us in those times. This isn't a time to run from Jesus. It's a time for us to run to Jesus. If you're experiencing doubt, you're not alone. We remind ourselves of the love and the compassion that we know Jesus has for us. We remind ourselves of what he's done in our past, and we look to him in these moments. I want to pray for us today. Father, I thank you for who you are, Lord, and I thank you for this example that John the Baptist sends. The reality is is that all of us, all of us, different seasons of our life, we experience doubt. When we find ourselves in doubt so often, we can be tempted to run from you. But Lord, I pray today that we would have the, the strength and the humility to run towards you in these moments. And Lord, I pray that you would meet us here. Lord, we know that you're the God who nurses the dying wick back to flame. And Lord, you mend and bind up that broken reed. Lord, I pray that you would do that for us today. Lord, some of us, if we're honest, our, our faith is like that smoldering, smoldering wick. Lord, there's, there's not a ton of it left. Lord, we have some doubts. Lord, but we thank you that in you, in you, there's hope for new life. There's hope for new strength. Lord, I pray that you would meet us here today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.